Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Block Talk Radio. This is that feeling that you get right before you pull into the water box or right after you do your burnout. Check them straps. Roll your neck a little bit. Take a couple deep breaths. You bumping it in. And you let go. Well, it's the top of the bottom and you know you crushed it. You get the 500 foot out and you start beating the pedal out of that thing. You get to the finish line, you knock them, drop them. Whatever you do, <laughs> this is that feeling right here. supercharged Hemi Superstore has become the preeminent builder of not only Hemi tractor pulling engines, but drag racing engines as well. Their engines have won over 40 NTPA Pro Pulling League championships, including the 2014 East Coast Pro Comp Association Drag Racing Championship. Can't find what you're looking for? Be sure to check out their large inventory at www.sassyracingengines.com or give the shop a call at 603-529-2811. Thoughts, comments, or opinions stated, expressed, or implied are not necessarily those of Wheels Up Radio or its sponsors. Take care now. Bye-bye then. Well, happy post Halloween! Well, let's let's try that one more time. Happy post Halloween, everybody! All of our weekend. Oh my word! This just isn't going to work, apparently. How's everybody doing? Wheels of Radio, guys and ghouls, glad you could join us. We are so incredibly happy, proud, thrilled to bring you another great episode of the only show dedicated to sportsman drag racing. We are, as always, on Wednesday nights, presented by Sassy Racing Engines, your Hemi Superstore. Not only are we proud, honored, and thrilled 
to bring you another amazing episode. We are so happy, happy, joy, joy, that a little while. Kelly with a Y is going to be joining us. And you ask, why is Kelly with a Y going to join you later? Well, I'm here to tell you, we have a great lineup of guests coming at you tonight. Uh, coming up about 7.45 is Jeff Strickland. Uh, about 8.45 is going to be Marco Paravolaris. And at 9 o'clock, your 2017 Superstock Champ, Justin Lamb, is going to be joining us. So the stock part of it is not absolutely confirmed today. Justin gave me a call. We talked for a few minutes. He said it's not locked in yet. Um, it all depends on how a few things go. So there was some stuff going around the other day that said he doubled down. But that is incorrect. So that's about it. I mean, it's going to be a great show. Boy, was there some heavy-duty news coming out of SEMA today. And, of course, we will talk about that in just a few minutes after this fine gentleman gets ready for his introduction. And uh, he's been kind of running around, he said, a little bit, getting ready for the final race of the Tri-State Stock Super Stock Association coming up this weekend. Would everybody please give a rousing round of applause to our own Mike. Good evening, Chris, and everybody out there listening to Wheels Up Radio. And, yeah, last couple days getting uh, stuff, getting ready for Hagerstown. I went and got a haircut today. My suitcase is packed. I'm I'm ready, and we'll be leaving sometime Friday to go to Hagerstown, Maryland, for the Mason-Dixon Stock Superstock Fall Classic. It'll be my 23rd year in a row going to this race, and... um, I went just to spectate that first one. I ended up helping pair cars in the lanes for the first round, and well, I've been involved pretty much in some capacity just about every year since. So really looking forward to wrapping up the season for us, the Tri-State Stock Superstock Association, um, this weekend in Hagerstown, Maryland. Very cool. So, I mean, sadly, that kind of uh, puts a wrap on drag racing in the uh, the middle part of the Atlantic and up pretty much my way. Everything's starting to shut down or has shut down. And basically, you're 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 calling it for the end of uh, 2017 down there. Yeah, it will be the last race for class racing in the Northeast for the year. And um, I know there might, there's probably big bracket races, plenty of those down South. I don't know if there's any events for class racing, but it's, um, you know, it's hard to believe, you know, it's, you know, today, the first of November already. And, um, you know, we talked about it last week. We were excited. Doesn't seem like that long ago for Pomona, the Winter Nationals, now here we are, we're a week and a half away, actually a little over a week away from the World Finals and Pomona again. So I hope everyone out there had a great racing season. You know, 
had a friend of mine said once, lost first round at a race. He said, the rods are still in the block, and there will be another day. So I guess that's a good way to looking at it. And I uh, ho- hope everyone had a pretty successful season racing. And um, unfortunately for a lot of us, it's pretty much time to pack it all in. That's right, but I'll tell you what, there's still some smoking news coming out of uh, Las Vegas. There was an interview done today with a bunch of drivers, and one in particular, you know, just when you thought the Pro Stock Saga was maybe taking a turn for the better. Uh, There was an interview done today by Wes Buck with Erica Anders at SEMA. Um, As everybody knows, Pro Stock's getting... Uh, all of its 24 races with 16 cars. But, now have you ever noticed when we talk about something like this, it's always a but included in that, Mike? Yeah, usually. NHR is slashing. Yeah, but. all It's all great, but. NHRA is slashing its winner's purse by almost one million dollars. Now, a lot of people over, pardon me, I'm finishing my piece of pizza here, but, um, you know, people joke, and it's not really a joke, that the higher-ups for NHRA, the president, you know, the higher-ranking people, they're pulling in high six-figure salaries. So I'm sure the joke will be out now. Well, I guess Compton or who, I don't even, not Compton, but whoever else, they need a raise. So, yeah, we'll cut post off by a, a million dollars in their purse. You know, a lot of people, myself included, have kind of griped about Stock, the car counts and stuff going down, and I can't imagine this being a way to really improve them, you know? Well, my curiosity, excuse me, my curiosity is that they got 24 races, 16 cars per race. I wonder if there's a but if you don't get X amount of cars, then, you know, it's kind of like it's like the uh, guaranteed purse races. You know, if you guaranteed purse based on, you know, if you guys don't show up with X amount of cars, you know, 16 cars, we'll just use the, the, the full field number, then sorry, too bad, so sad, you know, something along those lines. Well, you see that a lot, too, in, like, bracket races, it might be a say a $5,000 to win purse, but if the weather is iffy and a lot of people stay home then instead of 5000 to win, it might be 4000 and so on so forth. You know, our race at Hagerstown, it's guaranteed to, at least $2,000 to win or more. This will be the eighth year with the $2,000 guaranteed. In the previous seven, we paid that or more without 
the track kicking any money in. Twice the track did have to kick money in. One was the first time we ever did it. The other one was Superstorm Sandy, and I think a lot of us in the Northeast can understand if car counts were down. But, you know, yeah, I don't – it's probably one of the things you're really going to have to see if and when, probably if, further information is released that says it has to be, you know, this many cars and this and that and other things. So I said, you know, NHRA's talked about, and they've worked trying to, I guess, they're working on stuff to ostensibly to increase patient, and it hasn't happened, but I really don't see cutting the purse for a million dollars for the season. I don't, I don't see that as a way of increasing car count. If anything, I could see some of the lower budget teams, they might go to a race now, like out west, the Western Swing, for the, a guy that Mark Wolf that races from Washington State he used to run Comp Eliminator, built a Ford Pro Stock. And he went and he qualified at Seattle. <clears throat> but he said later he didn't feel so good about it because there was only 15 cars there. He didn't feel like he really earned it. But, you know, somebody like him or some of the other teams that maybe only come out three, four, or five times a year, if that. You know, some of them, if they know the purse is going to get cut dramatically, if that's first-round loser money or whatever, some some of them may say, well, I think I'll just skip it. So I guess we'll have to see what happens in the future. Yeah, the uh, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, because I know there was a thing, I guess, Stop feeling funny car. They get five thousand dollars for first round loser. Just if you qualify, you know, some of the teams like a smaller team like a Chris Caramassini's or a Pat Dakin or somebody, they don't even make all four qualifying runs. They come out, they make one run, they get in the show, and they don't come out again until first round. Paul Smith was great at that. You know, he's an old school guy and old school tuner and driver and everything. He would make one run on Friday night, the good session. He'd qualify. This is back when, you know, 2022 funny cars would show up. He would sell his qualifying. If a, say a Chris Pedregon or a bigger name did not qualify, he would sell their, I don't know what the, what he sold it for, but his, spot in the field and the way in any try it works the money and the points go with the car that qualified not that he owned it so paul smith made you know five thousand dollars from nhra plus whatever he got from selling his spot so i can't say he made money in racing but he definitely was a lot easier to take but i wonder you know, some of the post-doc teams, we all know it costs money to run post-doc, big money. You know, some of them smaller teams, if they know that, let's say, instead of $3,000 first-round loser money, it's only going to be 1000 some of them, you know, might just choose to pass on going to a race. So, again, we'll have to wait and see when more if and when 
more news comes to light as to what's what actually will happen and how this is going to work out with a cut in purses or a million dollars right. in pro stock. You know, does that count the points at the end of the year, points fund, world championship, you know, everything. So I guess probably have to wait to see a little more information before we can probably comment more on it. Right. Well, it's been kind of an interesting news week. Like I said, that one that one was the uh, the kicker for today. Um, kind of heading up my way a little bit from uh, Rhode Island, Bob Tashka the third is going to be back on the NHRA tour full time in 2018 with uh, the backing and support of. Dun dun dun. Hold on, I gotta find. It. Let me get my. Let me get my dun dun dun. Done. Find my dun dun dun. Here we go. Bob Tasca III will be back on the NHRA tour full time in 2018 with the backing and support of Ford Performance. And everybody thought Ford was dead, but you know Tasca is a is a very well known, as probably everybody does know. Um, Ford family, you know, they have the Tasca Mod Shop, they have their dealerships, they have their uh, super stock cars, their stock eliminator cars. Um, definitely, you know, they've, they've all turned a couple of laps on the racetrack in their lifetime. So, very cool. Glad to hear, you know, New England boy, you know, not a transplant New England boy, a real New England boy, getting back out showing them how it's going to be done. What I'm curious to know is if it's going to be based out of their shop in Rhode Island or if they're going to um, base it out of Indianapolis where everybody else is. Kind of curious about that one. Yeah, a lot of the night, you know, if you follow NASCAR, all the cup teams and a lot of Xfinity and truck teams are based in and out of Charlotte. A lot of the Nitro teams are based out of Brownsburg, Indiana, which we had to go through, and I think we actually stayed in Brownsburg when I raced at Indy, 2002, 3, and 4. I remember going back to the hotel. I didn't see all the shops. You know, say we're in an industrial park or something that was not totally visible from the road. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure. You know, I know... Him, his father, probably his grandfather that raced, and you know his dad had a <clears throat> funny car back in the day. Was called when they were in the race to get in the sevens. He had his car. It was called Mystery Seven. Then it was called Mystery Six when they were in stock. So they've been. If I told you how long ago, funny cars in the sixes. So you know, a long time family been around forever. I guess it's NHRA will be glad to see at least somebody coming in instead of leaving. You know, there's probably some people out there, a lot of people, and I kind of wonder too. There's, you know, Ford's putting all that money in a Nitro team, which is good in a way, but what about, you know, and they obviously have their Cobra Jet program, but you think in. You know, how about throwing something to Jordy Westcott? He's the only Ford in pro stock. 
I think he only went to three, maybe four races this year. You know, even though it's not really, most of us know that, but pro stock is still called the factory hot rods. And, you know, you think they want to put something in there because I can go down to my local dealership and even though it don't look quite the same, I can buy a Mustang that sort of looks like a pro stock car. I can't buy a Mustang that looks like whatever task, you know, a funny car. So it's great to see him out there, but I'm thinking Ford could, instead of putting all their eggs in that basket, spread them out a little. That's just my opinion. Right. But we also don't know what else some of the factories have planned for uh, 2018 yet either. So you never you never know. Never say never. Right. And things, well, speaking of post-doc, look at that. Earlier this year was announced, it wasn't even that long ago, that what was it? Nine races next year. Postdoc would have eight car fields. Then last week they changed their mind and said no. Postdoc will be sixteen car fields at all twenty four races. Like somebody even I commented on. I put the link to the article on Facebook a few days ago, and somebody said to me, "Can any Troy? Can't anybody make up their?" mind about what's going on. They changed, they changed their mind at the drop of the hat, it seems. So a lot right. of things, you know, we, we may never know the whole true story about certain things, but it's always fun to comment, I guess. <laughs> oh, God. And also, uh, Chevy released the new 2018 Copo. And I have to admit, the kind of rust burnt orange color that they used with the Hot Wheels logo 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 um, the black stripe black white looks like red stripe that looks pretty cool I think yeah you see that like the older school even the 60s Camaros even in the 90s you know white with the red stripes or the hug or orange stripes or stuff. It's it's an old school thing. And the Mustang, Challenger, and Camaro, they're styled to look like 1960s cars. So, you know, why not have some of the 1960s paint jobs too make the, make the whole package complete? You know, it's like, no NASCAR, they have the big race, uh, the Southern 500, at Darlington, and everybody has throwback paint schemes for one week in NASCAR, and it's just really cool because for people like me that weren't there for the back in the day, you get to see kind of how it was. Right. And speaking of back in the day and throwbacks and all that, did you happen to catch a glance at um, Bo Butner's Bandit Tribute from this past weekend? I saw one picture. It's, um, I guess it was painted to look like a 77 Firebird, like from Smoking the Bandit. Is that the, is that correct? Yeah, it's like what they did last year. They wrapped the car to look like the General Lee last year, and then um, this year's tribute edition was uh, they got the car wrapped to look like the um, Trans Am from Smoking the Bandit. 
the first Smokey and the Bandit, the best Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, <clears throat> I did see that, and it was it was cool, and I I think it's neat that they do that. And I said NASCAR does it, but you know, when I was a kid, a couple like this is maybe a year or two ago, I had this discussion. They said about my favorite TV shows as a kid. And I said, you know, Dukes Hazard, Smoking the Bandit, even though it's a movie, um, Magnum P.I. and Night Rider. I said, and what do all those TV shows have in common in that movie? And he looked at me and he goes, well, I had a cool car. It's kind of like the star of the thing. I said, yeah. So at five years old, apparently I was into fast cars, so doesn't probably surprise you or anyone else, does it, Chris? Negative, Ghost Rider, it does not. Um, let's see, what else? We've got all, it's all kinds of news. Uh, Peter Clifford has promoted Glenn Cromwell as the new president of NHRA. My understanding is that Graham Light is now the chief operating officer. So, don't know a damn thing about Glenn. I I have to laugh, though. A couple people the other day said, huh, I looked him up in statistics. Never saw him any, never even saw him in any wins, rounds run, nothing like that. I don't know where the hell he came from. (laughs) Yeah, I, I did see some of them comments. And a lot of people said, you know, how do you have somebody in a drag racing organization up near the top that has never, ever competed behind the wheel ever. Like, I know we all have our opinions of Graham Light, but at least he used to run top gas and top fuel back in the day, so he kind of, you know, understands what it's like. Some of these people, and I know somebody said about this guy that got promoted, he's been a somebody in NHRA and marketing and different stuff for the last 20 years. So at least from that standpoint, you know, even if he's never raced in his life, kind of what to do, you know, 20 years is, I don't remember his official position now, but he's been with NHRA for a while and mostly in the marketing stuff. So maybe if he goes on that background, maybe he can figure out a way to help market NHRA to the media, you know, TVs, you know, radio, all the different stuff. So I don't know how great it will be. I don't know if it will be bad, but just another one of those things, I guess, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Yep, absolutely. And let's see, from the outlaw side of the drag racing universe, uh, Georgina Buckley last year had a really, really bad crash at an NMCA uh, World Finals, World Street Finals in August of 2016. Well, she, uh, on a buy run, throttle stuck, car slammed headfirst into the retaining wall um, at Summit Motorsports Park, uh, burst into fire. Buckley was removed from the wreck. She was taken by ambulance to a nearby hospital, uh, determined she sustained six broken ribs, cracked sternum, concussion, uh, and numerous other injuries. Um, 
in the interview, she said she's now proclaiming herself as the safety, excuse me, safety Nazi. Um, Drive back home alongside her husband and fellow racer, Dave Buckley, the two assessed the extent of the damage and realized that the next-gen device I was wearing basically saved her life. Um, would have been killed or paralyzed without it. Hit the wall so hard that a drive shaft shattered. The rear end split. The block broke in two places, and everything got pushed back six to seven inches. Uh, aluminum racing seat was actually bent at the top where she hit it with her head, buckled in the back even though it never moved from where it was bolted to the cage. Had a big bruise on the front of my head and couldn't figure out where it came from. The doctor said it was from my brain hitting her skull. Holy crap. On on the inside of her head. Absolutely friggin' amazing. Um, but she is going to be making a comeback in 2018. So, pretty badass that she survived that, something like that. And um, I have the, if you if you want to see the video of her wreck, um, I have it up on our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash wheelsupradio. So, pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about safety and stuff, and Bond's device has definitely saved, I'm sure, a lot of people's lives, but it is great to see if, when you see an accident and you think, oh, my gosh, they have to be injured or worse, and they get out and walk away and then go to the, you know, hospital or infield care center or whatever, and you know, 15, 20 minutes later doing an interview, I said that speaks very highly to the safety in our sport and racing in general, you know, IndyCar, NASCAR, or anything. You know, it's it's amazing. And, you know, to think that when you see an accident and you think, oh, my gosh, there's no way they should have survived that. And half hour later they're being interviewed. That just speaks very highly to the safety equipment in any form of racing that the drivers use. It's just very cool. Absolutely it does. Um, let's see, what else? We've got all kinds of stuff going on tonight. Um, the new and approved official 2018 NHRA Lucas Oil Drag Racing Series schedule for all divisions has been released. Uh, as usual, the Northeast Division is going to kick it off at Virginia Motorsports Park. Now, mind you, these are all the divisionals, not any of the national events. April 20th through the 22nd. Then it's going to then it's going to go to Maple Grove in the end of May. Uh, Raceway Park, Old Bridge Township, E Town. Uh, June 15th to the 17th, Lebanon Valley, one of my favorites, uh, pretty much holds on to its traditional date, the end of June, beginning of July, uh, the 29th through July 1st. Uh, ATCO is August 3rd through the 5th, Cecil County, August 17th through the 19th, and my home track, Northern Dragway, uh, September 7th through the 9th. So, when I first caught wind of this, <coughs> 
we always do the cards for kids at the divisional at Newton Dragway. Now, a little bit of a uh, difficult situation arose once I caught a sneak peek of this that we will not be able to do it um, in September because that Friday that we usually go, all the kiddies are going to be in school. So, what we're working on is for the national event, let me pull up the uh, 2018, 2018 um, national event schedule. It's in July. I know that. I just can't remember the exact date. Let's see. Give me just one second. Mike, sing a song while I'm doing this. And looking at the Division One schedule, it's kind of sort of the same that Epping and Englishtown basically switch places. But other than that, everything else looks pretty well the same. Uh, ATCO, I know, used to be in June, and they moved it to what they are now, the first week of August. It's, um, like I said, other than Englishtown and New England Dragway basically switching places. Everything else still looks the same. And I saw Rob Keister had shared a thing that the National Opens in Division One had been released as well. So for people like me and him that, you know, have series like we do, and for the racers, I can't remember ever having – the national event schedule is always released this time of year. It used to come out at Indy. It was out in June this past year. But I can't ever remember the divisional schedules being released this early. I know Division One in 1998 had their divisional their schedule out, the Dutch. But it's kind of nice they have it done early, and it helps a lot of people, both the racers and folks like me and Rob Keister and Dave Lay and everybody else to uh, set things and plan them and start working on them. Yep. All right. I found the 2018 national event schedule. Uh, the NHRA New England Nationals in Epic, New Hampshire, is July 6th through the 8th. So, again, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So my hope is that, one, Mother Nature will cooperate and not give us extended snow days, because she could be a grumpy old broad. Um, I've already emailed Division One, and uh, my understanding is that our Division One director has already spoken with um, the GM at New England Dragway and starting to put a plan together. Our hope, our plans, you know, you know what happens to the best laid plans, they generally go to pot, is to try and bring the kids to the national event on Friday. Now, to say this is probably going to be difficult is going to be probably one of the greatest understatements of what's left of 2017. Going to hope very, very hard that they see the light. Being honest, I'm, I'm hoping in one hand and I have the other one standing by waiting to see which one fills up first, if you get my drift. Well, the fun thing so, about doing that, that at a national event, I, I 
I don't know how many of the kids that you have have ever seen or heard a nitro car in person, but all you can see the reaction of their faces when a nitro car hits the lab pedal for the first time. Oh, absolutely. But that's my hope. I hope it works. I really do. I mean, so we're going to start working on that. Uh, you know, it's November 1st. So, I mean, it's eight months away. But, you know, when did I start planning it last year? Right around, what, January, February, right? I started going crazy. So, yeah, something like that. It's a lot. It's it's a lot of work, but I'll tell you what, it's a whole hell of a lot of fun. It really is. And I say work kind of tongue-in-cheek because it's not really work. But, anywho. Well, it's like with, so with that, our that, stock super stock races, you know, yeah, they're a lot of work, but I have a lot of fun, and if, I bet if you, Rob was on, you ask him, uh there's probably not anywhere else we'd rather be than doing what we do. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. What else? What else? What else? Let's jump back into the schedule. So, and of course, the traditional drag racing uh, NHRA style kicks off uh, February 23rd and 4th at Orlando Drag World. Orlando Speed World, excuse me. Um, and then a couple weeks later, uh Gainesville, and then moves up to Galat, South Georgia Motorsports Park, Silver Dollar Raceway, and then at the Rock to wrap up Division Two. North Central Division Three kicks it off at National Trail Raceway. Way, National Trail Raceway. Oh my God. Uh, National Trail Raceway. May 4th through the 6th, uh, then they move to Summit Racing Equipment Motorsports Park, May 18th through the 20th, then they go to Lucas Oil Drag Racing Dragway, man, that's just, you know, you know uh, I've just been in a fog all day, and obviously I thought I shook it, but uh, I didn't. Lucas Oil Raceway in Indianapolis, July 6th through the 8th. Route 66 Raceway, July 13th through the 15th. Beach Bend Raceway Park, August 24th through 26th. And they wrap it up at Gateway Motorsports Park, October 19th through the 21st. South Central Division, No Problem Raceway Park, kicks it off March 2nd through the 4th. Then they go to Royal Purple Raceway. March 23rd through the 25th. They move on to Texas Motorplex uh, for April 12th through the 14th. And then, oh, they they have a double. Oh, interesting. 12th through the 15th. Okay. Uh, Also, Sage Casino Tulsa Raceway Park, June 8th through the 10th. Uh, Thunder Valley Raceway Park. October 12th through the 14th. West Central, Vandermeer Speedway kicks off in June 15th through the 16th. Heartland Park, Topeka, July 26th and 7th. Again, Heartland Park, Topeka, so it's obviously a double. Uh, July 28th and 9th. Uh, Brainerd International Speedway, August 11th and 12th. Tri-State Raceway, uh, September 7th through the 9th. And SRCA Dragstip. Did I just say Dragstip? Man, 
SRCA drag strip. July, I give up. The end of September. Northwest Division kicks it off May 4th to the 6th at Firebird. And they move on to Mission Raceway June 14th and 15th. And they have another double. Wow, what's all these doubles? Uh, it's going to be June 14th through the 17th for both of those. Woodburn Drag Ship, July 13th through the 15th. Pacific Raceways, August 17th through the 19th. Woodburn Drag Strip, September 14th through the 16th. And Pacific Division, Wild Horse Pass Motorsports Park, March 2nd through the 4th. The Strip in Las Vegas, which is going to be four wide next year. Uh, we already kind of talked about that. April 13th through the 15th. Hold on, I'm going back to check something. Oh, Auto Club Dragway at Auto Club Speedway, May 18th through the 20th. Sonoma, July 20th through the 22nd. Rocky Mountain Raceway, August 23rd and 4th. And another double. God. So it's actually 23rd through the 26th. And they wrap it up at the Strip in Vegas, November 1st through the 4th. So that is your Lucas Oil Drag Racing Series divisional schedule. All the divisions. Uh, we have that up as well on, on Wheels Up Facebook page. Uh, probably make more sense when you look at it, considering how stupid I just sounded, falling all over myself. So. Yeah, some of the things, I didn't, I don't know all that well up west, but a lot of things appear to be the same. And always Las Vegas in November. That's always the last uh, divisional anywhere in the country. It'll be the the first through the fourth of November this year, which means, hey, my birthday's on a Monday, which kind of stinks, but oh well. Um, you know, a lot of things. I said division one. The only thing I noticed was Epping and Englishtown switched places basically, but everything else looks to be pretty well the same. Um, Division 3 changed up a little bit. It's going to be Columbus could be fast in the first week of May. You know, I remember years ago, back in the 70s, they had the national event, the spring nationals there. They had a divisional in the spring and a national open in around Dutch Classic time, first week of October, end of September. And Columbus is one of those, well, a lot of tracks, but that can be fast if the weather's right. And I think Columbus could be pretty quick that time of year, just like uh, I noticed for the second year in a row, Bowling Green will not be the final Division Three race of the year. It's going to be in St. Louis in October, and that's another place could probably be pretty quick. So for stock and super stock guys and gals, or even comp, if you want to set a record, there's a two good places to do it. Because most of us know Bowling Green in August. You're probably not going to settle all records then. But some of the other ones uh, definitely have a shot at it, I'd say. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see. 
And another thing, looking at the Division Two schedule, they have a race in February, one in March, one in April, one in May. So it's kind of a little spread out and not having IHRA, not having sportsman classes. I noticed the last couple of years down around in Florida or southern, you know, southern half of Georgia, they had races, I think, five or six within a seven, eight-week period down there the last few years between, like, Immokalee and stuff like that and then all the NHRA stuff. So now that's been kind of cut in half. So you won't maybe might hurt for some of us snowbirds that are looking to go down to Florida and Georgia, spend the better part of two months racing. Well, now you won't have quite that many shots to race, but it's definitely spread out a little bit. So I know some of the complaints the year before, there were so many races down there, you got to skip one or two because you just don't have the money to go to all those races. So being spread out, maybe that part will help car counts, but you might not see quite as many northern people go. And I'm sure a lot of people up your way that go to Gainesville, they'll, they'll probably go to that, but there's not all the races that there used to be. I'm sure a lot of it has to do with trying to get as many in as they can before it gets hotter than the third level of hell, and then obviously kind of pick it back up once the the more fall-type months show up. Well, you see that in Division 4. They have two in March, two in April, one the first, second week of June, and then they don't race again until October, so... I know people that live down that way, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Texas, you know, say it's just too damn hot to race in the summer. And I imagine in the southeast, I've been down there around 4th of July weekend years ago, and it's it can be miserable down there that time of year. My grandparents lived in Tampa at the time. And, yeah, as much as I loved racing when I did, not quite sure if I want to race in Florida in July. Ah, there's a tad on the sticky side. All right, well, listen, why don't we do this? Scooch down through our little list right here. Why don't we take a break, and we will be right back. Are you looking for reliable auto repair, a place that genuinely is invested in your auto care experience? Southern New Hampshire Undercar has you covered, from basic auto repair and maintenance to custom exhaust work. Owner Dan Christopher has been in the auto business for over 20 years. You can look them up online at southernnewhampshireundercar.com or give them a call at 603-329-6650. Founded in 1959, S&W Performance Group is known worldwide as the leader in drag race chassis development and innovation. Their custom-built, award-winning S&W race cars are used by many of the leading NHRA and IHRA professional nostalgia and sportsman race teams. Their 27,000-square-foot headquarters houses a full line of affordable chassis kits, roll bars and roll cages, suspension parts, rollers to complete race cars, and much more. Specialized made-in-the-USA bolt-on products by S&W Race Parts, CamaroGuys.com and MustangGuys.com are used by do-it-yourselfers and professionals around the world. 
S&W rod parts are designed for use in custom cars, pro street cars, pro touring cars, street rods, and rat rods. Specialized components are also produced for off-road trucks and RVs. The commercial division, S&W Precision Specialties, provides water jet cutting, MIG and TIG welding, sheet metal forming, round or rectangular tube bending, and a full-service machine shop that includes custom-built trophies and awards. For more information, visit www.swracecars.com or call 800-523-3353. We Winning. Mike, I'm thinking. Maybe that should be your retirement job. What's what would you that? think of that? Driving a Zamboni. Oh, you change the words Hi. around a little bit. Say, Mike oh, wants to drive a Zamboni. Mike wants to drive oh, a Zamboni. Well, depending on how far you, depending on how far you are from Boston, you know, maybe the Bruins could use somebody. You mean to tell me there's no local ice arenas around you? I find that hard to believe. Yeah, there's a few around me. One over in Bergen, and um. I'm an hour or so from Pittsburgh where the Penguins play. There's one place, there you go. one or two. So a friend of mine, actually, I met him at Keystone Raceway Park a few years ago. He's the uh, he's one of the head PR guys for the Penguins, and he was. I got tickets for and for mom to go to Penguins game. My mother loves the Penguins. I love them, but you know, not to really go or watch, but, you know, she had a lot of fun. I know that. You know what they could do? This could be your intro song when you come out between periods to clean the ice. Think of that. That's a great song for just about any sport, any anywhere. It doesn't matter if it's football, hockey, auto racing. That's just a great song. 
Well, if you're if you're ever at a national event where the Pro Mods run, and you're with Kelly, Don, Rob, B Money, or Billifer, and you hear that, clear a path because that means the uh, golf carts are going to be heading up to the line to watch Pro Mod. So, but actually, no. This, oh, back is, in the- this is this is a good one. This is a good one for you too. Cause you you like modern music. What's going on? Uh. <laughs> I love Crazy Frog. I'm retarded. Yo, back, back in the 90s, when <laughs> I.E. Chori, Walk was still I.E. Chori, there were different time, songs they would play for some of the classes, and when Pearl Mod came out, it was uh, the theme from Top Gun, uh, Danger Zone, yeah. which was pretty appropriate, I guess. Highway. I am so not a singer. Uh, one thing I did want to say, go to www.swracecars.com. They have their brand new catalog out. You can also give them a call to order one, 1-800-523-3353. Again, S&W Race Cars, brand new catalog. Check it out. It's pretty cool. Let's see if I can find that. See if I can find that and get it loaded real quick. You know what? That song has balls. What's that? Danger Zone. The crazy? Especially when you're watching the movie. Especially when you're watching the movie. Yeah, I have one of my mom's friends. He, he was in the Air Force. I have a lot of cousins who've been in the military in different line, you know, different, you know, Marines, Air Force, Navy. A lot of Navy people, and I suppose that. But it's one of them songs that just kind of, you know, gets you pumped up for whether it's a workout, whether you're, you know, racing or whatever. And I had my Camaro. Daily Driver, it has a CD player in it, and I always jam to, like, Metallica and Limp Bizkit on the way to the track to go, you know, not that I needed any help ever getting, quote-unquote, in the zone or in the mood, or it kind of helped, though. Can't hurt. A friend of mine said something about that. I said... I I loved racing. I took it very seriously and everything. I told him, I said, if you really need music to get in the mood for racing, you're probably in the wrong line of work. You know, most of us we're in the you know we're in the zone, in the mood, whatever, however you want to word it, twenty four seven. You know, we don't need a song to get us. All jacked up and ready to go. Right. Well, sometimes it helps. Some people listen, like I know Barbado listens to uh, her iPod, cell phone, whatever. Um, sitting in the lanes. I know Jackie Frick does. Um, so, just to kind of, you know, block out the universe and off they go. 
Let's see. Come on, work with me. Okay, that's interesting. But we should have Jeff Strickland's time has come and passed. Um, but we should be talking to Marco Paravalaris within the next probably 20 minutes or so while I'm sitting here being a complete blockhead trying to convert Danger Zone so I can download it. Let's try that one. Away to the Danger Zone. <laughs> Do you happen to have the points up for uh, the national event side of the universe? Give me a second here. I can probably pull it up. Yeah, because I'm... Well, IHR is done, but... um, there's only two races left, period, in, um, I guess I'm going to have to do this way, um, a divisional event this weekend in, at the Strip in Las Vegas. And then next weekend will be the NHRA World Finals. The be-all and, and, you know, we'll be, the be all end-all of the 2017 NHRA drag racing season. Yeah, pretty much. And don't forget to turn your clock back an hour on Saturday. Oh, that, that is right. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, you know, it's, it's amazing how that, that one hour just can put a smile on your face. You to sleep for an extra hour. All right. There's some other stuff. Let's see. Oh, uh, Northeast Division 2018 Special Awards nominations are up. You can uh, check that out on the NHRA Division One um, website. I also have it up on the Wheels Up Radio Facebook page, www.facebook.com backslash Wheels Up Radio. And of course, sadly, we're getting ready to, to wind down the, the Wheels Up Radio weekend wrap-up show. A couple more weeks, and then Kelly's off for like three months. But she's going to be randomly joining us here and there, helping me out when I need coverage. So, let's see how this plays, Mike. Mike's playing the drums. 
Now, it is an awesome song, but I have to say, hearing that song at the beginning, and you're watching the movie, adds a whole new experience to it. Now, you may wonder, the hell, I just tuned in for Drag Racing News. Well, we all like, we like music, too. So, and we can do it if we want to. You know why? Because... And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. But you know what's you know what's even more fun when when our second favorite Kelly joins us. Oh, the hell is it? I gotta find it. Ah, here we go. Now, for those of you that don't know Kelly Kondratik, or if you're looking for something to use against her, girl loves pop tarts. Have you ever put butter on a Pop-Tart? It's so freaking good. Have you ever put butter on a Pop-Tart? If you haven't, then I think you should. I was sitting in the kitchen one day, and I was itching to fill up my belly with the piping hot jelly of the best damn treat in the world. He's talking Pop-Tart. And I saw a stick of butter, and it almost made me shudder and scream like a baby girl. I don't want a giant penis or a rocket trip to Venus. I don't want to win the lottery. I just want to squat and gobble till I'm dizzy and I wobble in a butterfruit and Joe's hot cream. So I put butter on a pop tart. It was so freaking good. Have you ever put butter on a pop tart? If you haven't, then I think you should. Everybody, come along with us. Have you ever put butter on a pop tart? It's so freaking good. Yeah. Have you ever put butter on a pop tart? If you haven't, then I think you should. Pop tart. <laughs> Have you ever put butter on a pop tart? It's so freaking good. Have you ever put butter on a pop tart? If you haven't, then I think you should. I was sitting. Oh, the things we do to people. But you know what? The tough of fun. Oh, hell yeah. If you ever listen on Monday nights, of course, Kelly Barbado is our host. She's very good friends with Amanda Boychesco. Now, I talked Amanda into doing this. I had to, like, practically beg her to do this, but she finally caved into my groveling. Hi, I'm Amanda Boychesco, driver of the ATI Performance Products Super Comp Dragster. When I need the latest news and information in sportsman drag racing, I tune into Wheels Up Radio. Live, Wednesdays at 7. Barbado will laugh hysterically through the whole thing. It's pretty friggin' funny. So, Mike, again, do you have the points up, my friend? Yes, I do. Uh, For the national points in Top Alcohol Dragster, Joey Severance has the points lead. He's 53 points ahead of second place, Sean Cowie. Megan Meyer is third. Josh Hart is fourth. Jackie Frick is fifth. Chris Demke, sixth. Daniel Page, seventh. Robin Sansel was eighth. Mia Tedesco is ninth. Tenth is Dwayne Shields. 
Keep on rolling, brother. I'm trying to pull it up here. Okay, and in Top Alcohol Funny Car, Shane Westerfield is the points leader. If I can get my computer to work. He is only 11 points ahead of John Lombardo Jr. Third is Doug Gordon. Fourth is Anne-Marie Whiteley. Fifth is Sean Bellamore. Sixth, Phil Phil Burkhart Jr. Seventh is Chris Hull. Eighth is Andrew Bull. Ninth is Steve Gasparelli. And tenth is Jay Payne. And we'll move to competition eliminator. Points leader is David Rampey. He has one divisional left to claim, which will no doubt be this coming weekend in Las Vegas. Second place, Frank Aragona Jr., who has also one divisional left. He is 34 points behind David. In third, Troy Galbraith. Fourth is Bruno Massel. Fifth is Jeff Lane. Sixth is William Hatcher III. Seventh is Clint Neff. Eighth is Greg Campaign. Ninth is Tony Mandela. And tenth is Craig Bourgeois. Now we'll move over into Superstock, which again I think we talked about. You said Dustin Lamb, he clinched Superstock, but somebody still has a shot in stock, correct? That is correct. Yeah, it is not locked in yet. Okay, but Justin Lamb is the, going to be the world champion in Superstock. Second place, that Kevin is Holmes. Uh, third is Jody Lang. Fourth is Aaron Stanfield. Fifth is David Rampey. Sixth is Greg Stanfield, former pro stock racer, who's one of the Pretty much everything he's ever raced. Uh, seventh is Tyler Kahili. Eighth is Byron Warner. Ninth is Michael Volkman. And tenth place is Kent Kent Hanley. And we'll move over into Stock Eliminator. Justin Lamb is the points leader there. And second place, Kevin Helms there. So Kevin Helms looks like will be number two in the world in both classes. And before anybody feels bad about him, he's already a multi-time world champion in the past. So, you know, if he had to miss one, I guess, you know, he's got, I believe, three or so to fall back on. place is Jeff Strickland. Fourth is Larry Gilly. Fifth is Jody Lang. Sixth is Brett Candice. Seventh, Jeff Lopez. Eighth, Jerry Emmons. Ninth, Bubba Winkie Third, And tenth is Jimmy Hidalgo. Now we'll go into Supercomp. 
points leader is Austin Williams. He's claimed out of points. So he's what his total is is what it will be. Let's see who else um, if I can get my second place, John LaBruce Jr. He's also claimed out. Third place, Gary Stinnett is claimed out. So fourth place, Luke Bagaki still has one divisional and one national left to go. And he has 67 points to make up. Then in fifth place, I believe, is the gentleman we'll have on later, Marco Perovolaris. Sixth is Jacob Elrod, friend of the show. He's been on the show a few times. Seventh, Alan Savage. Eighth is Jeremy Dummers. Ninth is Nick Folk. And tenth is Trevor Larson. And then moving over to Super Gas. John LaBoost Jr. leads the points in Super Gas. He's claimed out, so 648 is the number of points is all the more he'll be able to earn. Uh, Second place, Chris Cannon has two nationals and a divisional left to claim, and he's only 13 points behind. In third place, Ray Miller III. Fourth is Rusty Cook. Fifth, Jacob Elrod. Sixth, Mike Sawyer. Seventh, Tim Nicholson. Eighth is John Taylor. Ninth is Frank Altilio. And 10th is Steve Hoyt, and we'll move to Top Dragster. I don't want to make fun of any of my friends that drive Ford, but apparently tonight my laptop is Ford-powered. doesn't go very fast to all my Ford friends. In top dragster, first is Lynn Ellison, second is Paul Nero, third is Jeff Strickland, fourth is Mike Coughlin, fifth, John Strasswig, sixth, Steve Kastner, seventh, Kevin Brannon, eighth is Danny Nelson, ninth is Ross Laris. And 10th is J.R. Baxter. And we'll move to Top Sportsman. All right, this is for the Ford comment. Hey, I have a lot of friends that race Fords, and I still, in a fun way, you know, not mean, I pick them up on them. Like, I live close to Ohio. I have a lot of friends that live in Ohio, and they're Browns fans. And as a Steelers fans, you gotta gotta kind of pick on them, f with them, and whatever. In top sportsman, Jeffrey Barker is the points leader. Second, Sandy Wilkins. Third is Ed Olpen. Fourth is Jeff Brooks. Richard Okerman. Sixth is Mark McDonald. Seventh is Brian War. Eighth is Don O'Neill. 
Ninth is Ronnie Proctor Sr. And tenth is Mike Williams. So that's your top ten in all the sportsman classes with only two weekends left to go to earn points or do whatever. So a lot of people are trying to, you know, make a stand, make it happen. Yeah, tick tock, tick tock, boys and girls. What are you, what are your plans? Well, we talked. I think it was a little over a month ago. I said when the season was start. Not that it's not winding down now, but back then I think was only maybe what four national events left to go in the whole country, maybe six or seven divisionals, and a lot of people. I said, you know. Depending on where you live, if you live in the northeast like we do, you have to do some traveling <clears throat> if you have places left to claim. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know a couple people, they started out the year not intending to chase points, just go to, you know, maybe three national events and five divisionals. Then they do really well, and they're third in the world by July, and they still have a lot of races left, and they had to do a lot of traveling that, <clears throat> excuse me, at the beginning of the year they weren't planning on. So, you know, like when I raced, the only points I ever chased was IHRA divisional points. The first year I did that, of your seven, you, you could go to seven races, they took the best five, I had four of them within 100 miles of my house. So it was stupid of me not to chase IHRA points, but I always made my schedule out in February and March as to where and when we were going to go so I didn't have any, you know, last-minute surprises by July or August where I had to do a lot of traveling that I wasn't planning on because I was up there in the points. So I know hey, Mike, a guy the, the folks right, Mike. Mike, the phone's yeah. ringing. I will be right back. Oh, the phone's ringing. Okay. I will be right back. All right, Michael. We have joining us our first guest this evening, your Supercom winner from Vegas. Please welcome Marco Paravalaris. How you doing, Marco? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Thanks for having me. Uh, oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for taking the time to come on and hang out with us. So, coming into the weekend, how did you uh, how did you feel about running in Vegas, man? Well, we had previously raced at the Salt Lake City Division Seven race, and both the Super Comp and the Super Gas ran and performed very well at those races, and we're just looking forward to having a fun weekend. Very cool. Now, kind of run us through how the how the weekend got started for you. You know, qualifying and everything. Um, where did you end up on the on the sheet? And what, did you have anything when you looked at it? Come time to get ready for round one, and you kind of went, uh oh. Well. In Supercomp, we don't really have qualifying sheets. We just basically get our three practice runs prior to the event. Yep. And practice runs, fortunately, went very well. The car was repeating well, and we 
just wanted to do the best we could going into round one. Excellent, excellent. Now, how long have you been racing? I started in 2011. I just had received my driver's license, so that would be approximately seven years. Cool. Um, what did you get? What did you first uh, make your? What did you make your first pass down the track with? Well, I had a 1994 Z28 Camaro. It was a mid 13-second car in the quarter mile. Several friends of mine suggested to, to the local races at Sonoma Raceway, and that was how I got started. That that's where the uh, the needle was planted, as a lot of people like to say, right? Well. It, definitely was fun right out of the gate and special thanks to my family i couldn't do it without them and we've done it as a family ever since cool cool now you said you have two cars you have a super comp and a super gas car is that correct that's correct you wanted super comp this weekend but if you had to choose which one was really your favorite to drive could you uh as far as the particular category it's hard to say because both super comp and super gas they're both fun cars to drive and the racing is competitive and it's a great group of racers so one or the other i really don't have a preference awesome um toughest race throughout the weekend or toughest races well, when you come to the NHRA national events, you have to expect that every round's going to be tough, and you have to be on your A game every time that you stage. And that was how I felt about the weekend. Every competitor was tough, and we just tried to do the best we could one round at a time. That's awesome. Uh, Mike, go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, i am got to say, I'm – Almost a little jealous. I had a, I had a '95 Camaro uh, daily driver. Uh, I was only the best run I ever made was 13.88. So, guess I'm kind of jealous that you had a mid 13 second car and I only had a high 13 second car. <laughs> yeah, that that was a fun car to drive, and it was a great way to get started. Cool. That's how I started out. With, I bracket raced my street cars. The first one I had was an 18-second car. Then I had that Camaro, and it was to be able to chase was a lot more fun and easier for me than being chased. I could actually, you know, pull up on somebody, womp, 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 where on a slope car you had no, you couldn't play games like that at the finish line. Yeah, it's definitely a more difficult position to be in the position of being chased but when you're the one chasing and are able to see the whole race in front of you that definitely uh, makes you able to watch multiple things at once so yeah that uh, that sounds like that was a good experience uh, crossing over to a faster car very cool now with this win uh, where do you end up in points and are you going to run anything else for the rest of this year? Well, I was told that we ended up number five in the Lucas Oil National Standings for Super Cup after the National. We plan on running the 
NHRA Division 7 race this weekend in Las Vegas, and we also plan on running at Pomona the following weekend. Now, I'm not exactly sure what the this particular position would mean for these two coming races, but racing's been a lot of fun lately, and I'm just grateful that I have the opportunity to finish out the season and have some fun with it. Cool. Now, I'm going to assume you're still in Vegas. Now, have you gotten a chance to go check out all the uh, the cool stuff over at SEMA? Well, after the eliminations concluded on Sunday, I had to get back to school to take two midterms. So I actually flew from Vegas to Northern California, uh, Petaluma, where I live in particular, I uh, took my midterms, I flew in this afternoon, and I actually arrived at the track five minutes before um, this session started. Oh, cool. Um, now, if you don't mind me asking, what are you, what are you uh, majoring in? I am majoring in business marketing at Sonoma State University. Awesome, awesome. So, what do you... Uh, you're gonna you're gonna do the divisional. You're gonna do the national event. Now, are there any other like local, say, big money bracket races out your way that you might go take a shot at, or you're just gonna say, okay, well, I think we're good. Well, at the end of this month, there is a turkey race that Las Vegas Motor Speedway is putting on, and. It would definitely be a fun event to be a part of, but depending on how our equipment holds up within these next two races, uh, we'll make our decision from there. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, Now, how about all the people that help make everything possible for you running around on on the racetrack every week? Well, first of all, I got to thank my sister, Lella, who's actually dials the car and puts it on the index she adjusts the throttle stop in the delay box and she's been dialing me ever since i started racing and i couldn't do it without her mom and dad for making it all possible for my sister lala and i to have the opportunity to do what we love as a family and several sponsors that help make this happen steve kasner at kasner racing enterprises thorson's auto center Hoosier Racing Tire, Six Speed, and K&N Filters. Can't thank them enough for their help with making our program possible. Cool. Now, have you have you jumped ahead for 2018 yet to kind of look around on the map and see what's going to work in your favor, or are you kind of sitting tight for now? Well, we're planning on hopefully running the same schedule as we did this year, just trying to go to as many races within our own division, both divisional and national events, hopefully. And we'll try and perform our routine off-season maintenance to both cars. And hopefully everything will hold together in the upcoming season and we're able to make as many races as we can. Awesome, awesome. Well, listen, you had a great weekend. You still got two more chances. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, come on and talk with us. You know, and there's still time. We may be able to speak with you again before the end of uh, 2017. 
Well, we're just going to do the best we can and take it one round at a time with these next two races. And most importantly, I'm looking forward to having some more fun with my family. Awesome. Well, again, Marco, thank you again for the time out of your busy day to come on and chat with us for a few minutes about your win. And like I said, you know, best of luck in the next two events. And, you know, here's to uh, a great wrap-up to 2017 and, you know, keep get you some momentum for 2018. Well, Chris and Mike, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you having me on, and I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your night. Absolutely, my friend. Thank you again, and we hopefully, like I said, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Marco. All right. Have a good one. All right. All right, you too. All right, Marco Paravalaris, your Super Comp winner this past weekend at Las Vegas. Thank you, Marco, for coming on and talking with us. And, again, best of luck to him in the rest of the season. So now we're waiting for Kelly with a Y. You know why? You were the chosen one! right. She was the chosen one. She chose to get involved with this show. She has nobody to blame but herself. Well, maybe her father, too. <laughs> so. So we're going to be talking to Justin Lamb ever so shortly. So we're just going to sit here and stare at the phone and see if it rings. So I think what we'll do is we're going to take a little break and we will be right back. Just like drag racing, it's all about having the power you need when you need it. It's the same for your business. You need power to keep the lights on and business humming. That's where Power Technologies Electrical Contractors comes in. Your single source electrical contractor for all your industrial, commercial, retail, and fire alarm needs. Proudly serving New Hampshire, Massachusetts, and Maine, Power Tech has the staff and the equipment to get your project done on time and on budget. It's all about the power at Power Technologies Electrical Contractors. Call them at 603-898-4223. That's 603.
Here she is, straight from studying. Have you ever put butter on a Pop-Tart? It's so friggin' good. Have you ever put butter on a Pop-Tart? If you haven't, then I think you should. <laughs> Have you ever put butter on a Pop-Tart, Cal? I still haven't, no, to be honest with you. Good. Good. <laughs> How are oh, you? My, oh, my goodness. What? You know... People in life, I oh really boy, know, people in life have it. Here we go. I'm standing straight up tall on that soapbox for just a second. People in life have it a lot harder than me. I acknowledge that. But it was so, today was just hard. Am I allowed to say that? I feel like I just like as a human, I'm allowed to say, like, today was a hard day. I think I'm getting sick. Boston all of a sudden has taken a turn for, like, freezing degrees outside. Our house was falling apart in the storm. Did you get that crazy storm the other day? Oh, no. Did you lose me? Am I back? Clearly. You might be on the phone with the guest uh, going to be <laughs> oh. calling in. Yeah, that probably makes sense. Thanks. Thank you. Um, but anyways, we got like a massive storm here and shingles were flying off my roof and we had flooding and it was just like crazy chaos. I think I'm getting sick and it's just like if the end of the semester could be here yesterday, that would be great. But Yeah, Chris or somebody up that way had a, some pictures about shingles and stuff blowing off and said I guess the power was out up there that way for a while. Yeah, so I live, like, beachfront um, in Lynn in Massachusetts, and uh, it was nasty. I mean, like, wind gusts of 70 miles an hour, and just, I woke up in the morning, and the street sign was gone. Thank God there was no damage to, like, any of, like, my property that sits outside, but uh, my car was fine and everything. It was just a little much, so it didn't really take much to push me off of a pushed me into calling out of work on Monday because I was just like, didn't get any sleep. The wind was howling and howling and howling. But anyways, just wishing for... You, I, you I, digress. I, I immediately regret ever saying it was too hot at the racetrack because, like, that was miserable. <laughs> I'm already over the cold weather. <laughs> like, already over it. Oh, Kelly, the little sister yeah. I never wanted. You're awesome. Uh, Oh, All right, so Kelly, Jeffrey. we have a uh, a special guest joining us on the phone tonight who is here to, st- to talk especially to you. So would you be so kind as to take it away? Oh, yeah, sure. Let's, let's do this. So our guest tonight has quite the racing resume, if you haven't read up on him. Uh, it's a long reading list. Three national championships, 18 national event wins in six different classes. Um, this past weekend, he had a little bit more to that resume, which is included in some of those numbers. But at his home track in Vegas, he had another weekend for the book. Uh, Wheels Up Radio, let's welcome our guest, Justin Lamb, to the show. Hi, Justin. How's everything going hey. after that? Not bad. How are you guys? Good, good. I think it's I can't 
say for sure because I'm not earning my degree in meteorology, but it's probably a little bit warmer out there. So oh yeah, I uh, I I definitely couldn't live where you guys live. I can tell you that. Uh, I absolutely despise the cold weather, and I don't think it gets near as cold here as it does by you. But mm, yeah, I, I I'd probably take out that too. Um, so getting into some of the meat of the business, this weekend was pretty amazing for you. Um, I'm curious, you you uh, sealed up the Super Stock Championship which is your third world championship. Um, is this championship any more special to you than the others in any way? Um, you know, I, uh, I think that my second championship as goofy as that sound probably meant the most, uh, which was when I won Superstock for the first time. Superstock has just kind of been like my thing. It's like what I'm into, I guess. Uh, I, I like stock and Superstock both, but if I had to pick one, I would say it was Superstock, and I, so winning the first championship of Superstock was probably the biggest deal to me personally. That being said, uh, I mean this one's huge, also. You know, obviously, it's what we set out to do as a team is try to win a championship in Superstock, and uh, we were fortunate enough to be able to do that. So, it's, it, I mean, it's very cool. It's definitely very rewarding. For sure, and uh, you have a little bit of a little bit bigger of a team this year going into it. Uh, you. Welcome to daughter in June. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So another yeah. another little lamb to the herd. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I know this sounds totally corny, uh, but it was almost a big deal to me in 2013 when I won my first world championship. We had my son, and I'm like, man, I, it would be really cool to win one with my daughter, and who's going to be the last child we're going to have? Like we're done at, at after this, obviously. Uh, so I mean, it, it's totally like a personal thing but yeah it was kind of like something i thought would be really cool like win the world in each of the years they were born basically you know yeah that is pretty i mean that's pretty cool they'll probably want the wally for their room decoration once they realize the gravity of that yeah they'll probably like it when they get older or something you know (laughs) yeah those will be pictures that'll that'll last forever they'll always be special so honestly i'm gonna be honest with you for a second um, when coming up with the questions to ask you for tonight, I was a little nervous because, um, for one, locking in one championship is just a major accomplishment that I don't think really much should overshadow that, and it deserves all the praise that it um, that should be given to it. It's really amazing. But for a second, on the heels of you know maybe something else happening as well, um, I feel as though like this whole game just becomes even more strategic and it's even more of a chess game. Um, of who moves next and who goes where and who does what. So I'm not going to delve much more into it than that um, unless you want to. But I'll just say maybe more congratulations will be in order soon. But if not, this yeah. has been like incredible hell of a season for you. Um, and yeah, but a really good accomplishment. Well, we all use percentages out here, and I'm going to say I'm probably at like a 98% chance of winning the stock championship also. And uh, the bottom line is uh, – we're really, really close. Superstock, like you said, is done. Stock um, is pretty crazy to me because we never even – wasn't even really in, in the cards. Like, we started the year with my 70 Camaro, sw- switched to the Copo in May, let's say, which was a big learning experience. Uh, it's fuel-injected, which I've never raced before. It's, I mean, just completely different animal. And uh, I really didn't expect any success soon with it, but – 
we were fortunate enough to have it, and now all of a sudden we're in the points. And even coming to this weekend, I was um, basically like four rounds behind Kevin Helms, who was bettering a second-round race. And I don't know how many of the viewers will know Kevin Helms, but, I mean, he, he really is one of the best, super good, awesome, genuine guy, like really one of the best guys I've met in drag racing. And here I'm thinking, oh, it's a no-brainer. He's going to go out and go four or five rounds. I'm going to go from four rounds behind to seven or eight, and it's going to be very far-fetched. Well, it happened that he lost early. He didn't gain any points. and I won enough rounds to, to pass him, and uh, it it was something that, like, totally wasn't even on the radar, to be honest. Even coming into the weekend, I was like, nah, he's going to go a bunch of rounds. It's, going to be, it's just going to be too far-fetched. I, I really wasn't I – like I said, I'm at a 98% now coming into last week, and I was about a 15% chance in my own head, you know, uh, and we ended up going on to win the race, and, and we passed him in the process, and um, there is still uh, technically, I think it's either two or three guys that if they won Vegas and Pomona could pass me. From what I know, none of the three are actually even coming to the Vegas Divisional. Just, I, I'm not sure why. You know, they have other things going on, but uh, um, bottom line is is uh, if they don't show up this weekend, then essentially I win the championship in stock. So. All right, well, then, since you said it, uh, <laughs> I didn't know. You know, sometimes it can just be really, like, touchy about how much you expose about – and it's not really a secret. Anybody that can crunch the numbers can really yeah. figure that out. But, you know, sometimes people like to be strategic about it and not talk too much about it. And so yeah. it, it's a fine I don't have line much to hide at this reason. point. Everybody knows I'm going to the last two races, so there's not much to hide, right? <laughs> there you go. That's that's the spirit. Uh yeah. All right. So, do you have anyone you? I don't really have a ton more questions for you. Um, just a little more I want to touch on, and maybe Chris or Mike have some questions for you too. But do you have anyone you want to thank for your success this weekend or throughout the whole season? Um, obviously, you know my my family's support is a huge deal. Um, my dad is obviously the one who allows us to be able to do this, and. You know, my, my wife and kids and my mother uh, obviously support along the way, but um, one of the biggest factors uh, to our team, I guess, is Kyle. Kyle Seipel and I race together. Um, we have now for several several years, and I got to tell you, I I feel like we have like the best team scenario. Uh, um, he helps me out a ton. I help him out a lot. Uh, it it's we just have a really good thing going right now. You know, we had a lot of success this year. Forget the championships and everything. I mean, we, I think combined have maybe gone to like seven or eight national event finals, won a few of them. Like, and, and, uh, it's just, a, it's, uh, it's basically a partnership between him and I that is really, we work super well together. Um, our personalities just go together. I mean, I, it's crazy. It's probably one of the few people I would race with that I want to win just as much, sometimes more than I want to win myself. Like, where I think it's hard to find. I, I mean, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I'm sure there's a lot of teams out there that end up getting envious of their partner or whatever. It's like never the case with us. Like it's a hundred percent for each other. And, uh, and it's really important. And uh, like I said, it, it really works for us. And without racing with Kyle, we definitely, I definitely wouldn't have uh, the amount of success we have. I'm sure we'd be, both be successful in whatever we were doing, but it definitely helps being together and uh, it works really well. So. Yeah, I think that um, in racing, a lot of times you're as good as the team that's around you and the people you surround yourself yeah. with. So I actually want to acknowledge someone else for a second, um, your sister Ryan, 
who, after yeah. meeting her at the Vegas National in 2015 and meeting you at the Vegas National then, too, um, her and I have been in a little more touch recently, and she's helping me with my law school prep and how to get into that, and she's been so sweet and so helpful. Um, but she's also yes. a racer, too. And so I'm wondering she if is. you could talk hey, about hey, hey, Kel, hey, I'm sorry. i got to interrupt you guys. Um, I just want to let you know uh, we do have somebody on the line that wanted to ask uh, Justin a couple questions. So, uh, Carla, would okay. you go ahead? Yeah, hi. Hello. I was just wondering what it's like to uh, be related to the greatest sister in the world. Oh, brother. We're going to have to uh, skip this question because what if it, what if the question doesn't apply to me? Can I skip? Oh, we everybody knows who the best lamb is. So I just, I just want to. I mean, we all know you're one of the baddest drivers there are, and I'll definitely admit that because I suck. But I mean, I can give an award to being the best sister, right? Eh. Oh God. Eh. Next question. I'm just kidding. As Kelly just said, her and I have been talking. She's pursuing law school, which I'm obviously in the midst of right now. And I figured it'd be a good time to call in and congratulate you because you're an incredible driver and an incredible brother and someone to look up to in every facet of life. So, All right. and you have Thank a pretty you. great sister. So, that's the uh-huh. question. Uh, be very careful, Justin. That usually yeah. means when they're sucking up like that, they want something. Yeah, they want something. I know. I know. No, but yeah, uh, you know, it's crazy. So my sister told when I moved to Tennessee. Yeah. So my sister, uh, she kidding. did race. Uh, obviously, she moved to Tennessee to go to school. And, uh, um, I mean, we obviously, her and I raced together with Kyle. It was like the three of us last year, you know, for the last several years. And uh, She did okay racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sure focuses were obviously elsewhere. and um, But whatever. Maybe she'll race again one day when she's done with school, so. Maybe her and I will have to travel a little bit. Be the yeah, there you go. Team. There you go. I couldn't even imagine all the emotions in that scenario. Like, Kyle and I are very unemotional. Ryan is very emotional. And uh, I couldn't even imagine racing with, like, like two young chicks full of emotion. I, I don't know how that would go. And a lot of times up anger because our jobs are stressful. Yeah, yeah, being a lawyer. <laughs> Nobody likes us because we're lawyers. Yeah, I know, I know. It, it would be pretty stressful and fairly, fairly emotional, but pretty fun. Right. Yeah. yeah. And especially now that Kelly lives up here in New England, which we're getting rid of that Southern Belle part of her, and she's becoming yeah, a cranky New Englander. Oh, my God. Right. Everything right. makes me cranky about New England. <laughs> hey, speaking of New England, just because you moved up there, you don't, have to, you don't have to start cheating or anything, you know, like the Patriots did? Oh, hell no. Oh, no, they're not even never adopting that team. Not happening. All right, good. Just make sure. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to turn it over to Chris and Mike. Um, I'm missing All a right. little bit of my LSAT class. But, Justin, I just want to say thank you so much. Congratulations. Maybe we'll be on yeah. here congratulating you again very soon. Um, All right. Hell of a season. So thanks thank so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yep, yeah, thank you. All right, Kelly, get back to schoolwork. Talk to you soon, and uh, tell your dad I apologize for Mike insulting Ford's. 
Oh, geez, I didn't hear it, but you're going to have to give yeah, up a little more I, than that. I already got a text from him. I'm sure. So I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you, Cal. All right, be good. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. So, you know, I mean, you have one of the most impressive sportsman racing resumes in the country. You know, how does it feel to bring home another championship with the possibility of the the second championship? And if it does happen, is this your first double down? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if it if it does happen, it will absolutely be my first. And uh, as far as I know, I could be completely wrong here, but it's only happened two other times. Jeff Strickland did it last year. He did it in Top Dragster in Stock, and I believe uh, Scotty Richardson did it in the 90s maybe super comp and super gas. So it's something that, that not a lot of people have done. Um, and it, I, I mean, it'll absolutely be a, I mean, it's a career year even without, I mean, if I finish second or something, I mean, it, winning, being first and second in two different classes, if that's how it ends up first and first, is just like icing on the cake. It, it's definitely been a career year. We've had a ton of fun, a lot of success. Uh, all of our equipment's working really well. I mean, I couldn't ask for a better season and uh, yeah, I, I don't even know uh, where it ranks amongst others. There's, there's a whole bunch of people in the sport that have done way more than I have. But for me personally, it's been just a huge year. So That's awesome. Now, of everything you've had the opportunity to race, every track you've had the opportunity to race at, is there one car that you look at and go, yeah, I want to try that? Um, this is a weird question. So, uh, I, what's weird. So I have two cars. Number one, my Cobalt, uh, the Cobalt I currently race. I've probably had more success in that car than anything. I've also had it longer than anything else I've ever, I've ever raced. But, uh, for some reason, me in that car, we just, I mean, uh, we, I hit the tree grade. Uh, it's very consistent. It, it's, I'm very comfortable in it. I, I know this sounds crazy, but it's even like uh, just the feel, just sitting in the car. It, it's just like it's made for me. And even like this Copo, I mean, it's taken me 50 or 60 runs just to get used to it. I mean, even this weekend was like the first weekend I really felt good about even driving it. And I know that sounds right. like a little crazy because we've had success already, but it's just not – you don't just get it. You still feel out of place when you're in it. The Cobalt is not that way. That being said, like the favorite car I've ever had is my 70 Camaro. It's the first car I won the championship in. I love the car itself. It's a split bumper, all gray Camaro. Um, and it's by far like my favorite car. Um, it was up to me. I'd probably never get rid of it. I'd sell the Cobalt tomorrow and just get another one. It's no big deal. That's 70. Like, I, I love that thing. That being said, it's right. going to sit as long as this Cobalt's around. So we might end up selling. I'm not sure. But that is by far like my favorite car. Um, you know, not just because the first championship. Just I love the look of it. I love the feel of it. It's fun to drive. It's I mean, you, I could have that brand-new Copo sitting in the pits, and I'm going to say seven out of ten people will walk right by it right to look at that 70 Camaro. Like, everybody loves it. It's just a really cool car. So, Wow, that's cool. Um, again, you've, you've raced at a ton of racetracks all over the country. Can you pick one that just jumps right out you, you Absolutely. without even yeah, thinking Sonoma. about going? That's it. Yeah. Sonoma. yeah, Sonoma. No doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, as a oh. team, we've won – like. We've won a lot there, which helps you like it a little bit more. I, I can't tell you the exact numbers, but I think I've won probably four or five national events at that track. Uh, 
Kyle has won a couple national events in my car at that track. Uh, Sean Langdon uh, raced my super gas car about six or seven years ago and won a race at that track. Eric Reyes drove my car. I mean, as a team, as a group ever here, we've won a lot of races at that track, and it's gorgeous. It's right in the middle of wine country. Uh, Kyle, my partner, uh, his mom is actually the track operator there, which is really neat. You know, he gets to race at home in front of his family and friends and and uh yeah, without a doubt, Sonoma it's it's just a really cool track. And been awesome. very good to us. Honestly. All right, Mike. Right, right. That's that's cool. Mike, a couple questions and then we're gonna we're gonna have to start wrapping it up. Okay. Uh first of all, congratulations on a outstanding season so far, Justin. Thank you. And I'm looking at the point standings right now. Who – I know Kevin Helms has claimed out of races. You still have one and one left to claim. Who all still has a – I want to say just barely mathematical chance, but who has a decent chance, I guess, of passing you? I believe the three are uh, – you know, my father and Kyle actually looked at this. I I haven't sat down and figured out myself. But, but uh, my understanding is Jeff Lopez – Bubba Linky and uh, there was one more Lopez Linky and uh, oh and uh, and Brett Candies I believe and uh, from what I'm told they would have bo- all have to win both races to, to be able to pass me and that's if I do not prove so. Yeah, I know from different things you know I know a lot of people they talk a lot of well if I get to I got to do this if they don't do that and it's a lot of things but. Um, Talking about, you said, with your Popo, the fuel-injected car was a difference. I know, I remember Bernie Cunningham saying something to Dan Fletcher when Dan Fletcher bought his Copo because he had a Firebird years ago, D-Stock Automatic, and Bernie said, Hey, Dan, I thought you were never going to buy another one of those piece of bleep fuel-injected cars again, so... Can, are they really that big of, a, of an issue? Because if you know if somebody like so, Dan has issues, it's like makes you wonder. Okay, maybe there's something to that. Really? Yeah. So uh, I had a similar experience to Dan, which I didn't mention earlier. But uh, I did race a fuel injected car in about 2000. I'm going to say nine or ten. I raced a Cobra Jet Mustang. Um, it, I ran it in super stock, and I said the exact same thing that did. I will never drive that thing again. It's, I mean, it's terrible, blah, blah, blah. But the biggest thing that, that this particular car that I raced had, and I'm not sure about Dan's scenario, but the EFI was a factory Ford ECU, like what comes in a stock Mustang, but they had just modified it. The problem is, as the end user, you couldn't make any adjustments. Like if you wanted to richen the car up, you essentially had to call Ford, have them rewrite a new program to richen it up. Well, with this Copo, and, and Dan's is the same, it has Holly EFI right from the factory, and it's uh, – I mean, it's infinitely adjustable right from the factory. So, and uh, and it was a huge learning curve, um, which for me was made quicker. I actually, uh, a gentleman named Ben Strader uh, owns a company called EFI University, which is about an hour and a half from me. And I went down there. I spent three or four days there, and uh, he just taught me the ins and outs. And what he did for me to almost put it in dummy terms, which is, but it's what I understood, is you know uh, he compared everything to a carburetor, like. Like, okay, when you would normally adjust your accelerator pump, you want to adjust this setting. When you would normally, you know, and he really put in perspective, and uh, 
it made my learning curve way quicker. I, I can guarantee you if it wasn't for going to that school and uh, and his help that we wouldn't have won the championship this year because, I mean, it I mean it, it probably took – what if I tried to go to my own would take two or three years to learn. I, I learned in three months with him coming with me. He ended up coming with me to the track, and, and uh, it really made things quicker. But I had the same bad experience as Dan, and i got to tell you, uh, the new – the the new EFI software, the the physical parts on the car are way better than they were even seven or eight years ago. And and then that being said, the cars itself, it's kind of hard to pass up. Um, I'm you know my '70 Camaro that I love so much. It's a 50 year old leaf spring, whatever car. This, this new car, I mean, it has a full blown four link and coilovers, and it's it's light years ahead. Obviously, it's 50 years newer. So once you get the fuel injection figured out the car is going to be better just because it's physically a, just a better more state-of-the-art car so that's yeah, what made me that, give it a shot right i know people that have said on a fuel injected car oh it's so simple you just hit, open your laptop and hit f7 and you pick up two tenths i said i don't know efi but Definitely can't be that easy, or can it? Well, it's def. If F seven, I'm gonna try it this weekend and see if I pick up two tenths. But I can tell you, mine's not that easy. But <laughs> it is easier. It is easier than my last go around. But is it? Uh, I, I mean, I can tell you. Uh, you know, you don't just go to the track and just pick up tenths by just pushing buttons. I mean, it, yeah, you definitely just sit there in the car. Uh, we went to Salt Lake City, which is an altitude track. Um, probably similar like going to Denver. I unloaded the car and it would barely idle and I sat in the car for five minutes messing with the laptop and within five minutes it ran just like it did at sea level. I never opened the hood. And all my carbureted cars that are there, I'm changing jets and timing and everything manually. So yeah, you can sit in the car and just make adjustments, but it's not just a push two buttons and you're going to go 970 instead of 990. It's, it doesn't work that way. But Not for me anyway. Right. Right. Well, very cool, Justin. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to talk to you again um, after the next two races when, you know, the rest of the dust settles. I appreciate yeah. you coming on and hanging out with us. I know you're busy. So, um, yeah. I, I you appreciate know, again, you guys best, having best me. Best of uh, luck. It's cool. Yeah, thank you. And uh, so, hopefully this you know. weekend goes well and talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Again, you know, hell of a year. You know, like you said, can't can't beat it even if you wanted to you know everything just went your way and with the yeah. possibility of the double down you know you you kind of join an elite crowd if that should happen um but like i said we'll be rooting for you we'll be watching and maybe we'll get a chance to speak again over the next few weeks all right thank you very much and uh i'll talk to you guys soon all right justin thank you very much for your time justin lamb your 2017 Superstock Champ. Thank you again, Justin. Have a great night. Yep, you too. See you later. Uh, all right, buddy. All right. Very cool. Justin Lamb. How about that? Um, all right. Well, we're getting ready to wrap up. Hell of a job. Had a lot of fun. Marco Paravalaris. Justin Lamb. Uh, Jeff Strickland was not able to join us. But that's okay. We can always talk to him again down the road so with that being said we will be back monday night normal bat time normal bat channel seven o'clock 
Wheels Up Radio Weekend Wrap-Up Show with your host, Kelly Barbado. Mike, if you would be so kind as to utter those few words that we hear at the end of every Wednesday night show. Yes, good night, everybody. Thanks for listening, and good luck if you're racing anywhere this weekend. And for some of you, I hope to see you in, in Hagerstown this weekend. All right. Enjoy your last race of the year, Mike. We are out of here. We're going to click this little old button right here. This concludes our broadcast day. Click. Click. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.